0: Hey friends, grab a coffee, go for a walk, get in the car, hide in your office, give me about 30 minutes of your day today and I reckon this will be a really lovely and useful conversation. Draw Drawing, come, come close, Let's let's chat. I've recorded a couple of great coaching sessions with willing volunteers, you might have heard me put out that call last week. Uh, it's a big deal when someone's willing to be vulnerable enough to dive into parts of their psyche uh, and unresolved tension that they haven't examined yet, but to then let others in on the process. Big deal. So, got some great sessions to uh, share with you on the future episodes. But um, wanted to start by uh, talking about how I coached myself this week because I got really stuck. I ended up in a world of pain. Um, but before I do that, even. Look, you've heard me banging on about this coach training, this online coach training I've been working on, and uh, it's ready to go. Next Monday will be the the launch date. So it's a 10-week online process. Uh, you get two modules a week over 10 weeks. So there, there is a clear start date on Monday, but wherever you start, it's still a 10-week process. And it's very exciting because I'm, I'm convinced it's world-class. So um, just can we just quieten the music for a sec? Music. Um, so... Let me scare you off with a bit of certainty for a minute and let me let me uh, draw on some words from my main man, Nathan Cleary, this week. If, if you are a sports fan, uh, you've seen the NRL Grand Final, one of the greatest, perhaps the greatest ever NRL Grand Final, and the Panthers came back from a record deficit in the last 20 minutes, one all off the back of a Nathan Cleary masterclass. But in the Sydney Morning Herald a few weeks ago, uh, he, he came out and said something very un-Australian, and I just loved it. I, I really got on board with it. He said, I want to be the greatest of all time. Cleary eyes rugby league immortality. The article says, Sitting down with the Herald inside Panther Stadium, Cleary is reluctant to enter the debate over the greatest of all time. Though uncomfortable, he is clearly aware another 10 years on his current trajectory would take him into uncharted territory wouldn't say it motivates me, but it is something I want to get to. It is something I want for myself. I feel like if I can get the best out of myself, then I could play to a level that may be considered great or in that conversation. Cue the outrage, those arrogant panthers that are at it again. It's a big deal to come out and say you want to be the best and to realize that other people have all kinds of opinions about whether or not that's true, but to understand what you're sitting on and to realize that if you show up wholeheartedly and devote your life to a specific thing, you should get very, very good at it. So, uh, look, over ten years ago, the first time I said out loud and on purpose to myself that I wanted to be the best life coach in Australia, and it was a ridiculous thing to say at the time, and yet it was also the most wonderful thing I'd ever said. And uh, the the conversation internally around who am I to say that? Am I allowed to say that? Is it okay to want that? What is wanting that going to cost me? And actually doubling down on it and saying, yeah, that that is something that I want. I want to be considered as as the best coach in the country, if not one of the best in the world and to have devoted my life to that path for all the years since and you'll have your own opinions about that everyone will of course and there's no life coaching olympics so hard to measure it objectively uh, but i have given my life to this and therefore i'm very confident that w- what i'm offering in terms of coaching is world class and so so by the same token uh, if i am the best coach in the country and one of the best in the world then this coach training this Delivery of my toolkit, the 18 models that I use to do what I do, the the transformational process, the the level of um, certainty that I have that dysfunction can be resolved, that insecurity is a solvable problem, that you can actually rewrite your story, and the willingness to embody that message and smoke what I'm selling, smoke, smoke what I'm selling provides a, a very rare uh, combination, and anyone can do that, but not many have. So I don't think there's anything like this coach training on offer in the country or around the world. Uh, if you are motivated by transformation, if you, are, uh, you have an aversion to behavior management like I do, if you, if you want to understand the structure of why we do the things that we do and you want to know the, the best practice around improving the quality of your life and getting more of what you want, then uh, the coach training product is a no-brainer. Um, you'll see on my website the complete structure of it now. You can book in ahead of time for the July live in the room experience, which I think is is the best way to do it, but n- not possible for everyone around the world. Uh, now you have access to the online version of it. So that is the complete training that I did in July this year and uh, delivered broken down into 21 videos uh, with exercises at the end of each module, delivered uh, two two at a time so that if you're actually going to do it, then you you devote yourself to a process over 10 weeks rather than you buy a product that sounds really good and it sits there and it becomes overwhelming because of the size of it and you might never do it. Um, and then there's an opportunity to do coach mentoring off the back of either the live training or the online version, which to me, if you're serious around uh, being useful as a coach it makes sense to refine the craft uh, if you do coach mentoring with me then that also opens up the avenue to be able to deliver the unhindered process so that's my well-worked six-week process specific to overcoming insecurity so if you're looking to become a change agent in the world you can add that on to anything else that you're currently doing already there is no barrier to entry Coaching is one big exercise in backing yourself and out of the overflow of your own transformational journey to be able to hold a space for other people to delve into the uncharted waters in their own psyche, the unreviewed parts of their past, the parts of shame and embarrassment and disappointment that unconsciously they've applied really negative personal meaning to and that meaning has become a prison and lock them out of the life that they desire. It's the clear structure, how does anyone unpack that stuff and rework it? So I'm, I'm really pleased to finally be able to offer that to you and all the information around the pricing. It's very well priced. The price is the price. There's no special offer for the introduction. Uh, it represents great value at the price that it is. So if that's useful to you, then you can, you can access that and, and buy that straight away. Right. can we have the music back on now i mean i'm not sure who i'm talking to it's not like i got a full production team of monkeys in here putting this together it's just me it's just, if you aren't any illusions that it's not just me it is just me i'm just pressing buttons and talking to myself in in the office without a shirt on because it's pretty hot so uh, yeah so yes we can have the music back on that's fine and i'll put it back on for you now If you follow me on the socials, you would have seen that um, midweek. L- last week, I posted uh, a photo of uh, all the books that I'd currently written. Uh, Catherine and I were at a bookstall, and I and I said, you know, great acknowledgement to her for her part in helping me get this current book to the first draft status, the official first draft status. So it's it's up to 10 or 11 iterations back and forward um, to the part where the manuscript is actually as polished as I can get it to this stage ready to send off to the literary agents in New York uh, as part of uh, pursuing a US book deal with one of the big publishing houses. Now you've heard me talk about this Um, If if you're close to me, I may have even shared with you the the exact figure I'm looking to sell that manuscript for. This is the best idea I've ever had, and I've gone all in on it, and I've been thinking about it, dreaming about it, writing about it, visualizing it, forecasting this for at least the last six months, if if not more, and so here it is. The day came where I'm finally out of marathon one which is the first draft, ready to launch into Marathon 2. And it's all beer and Skittles, right? It's celebration time. Everyone was very kind uh, with the comments on the socials. And yet the very moment I pressed that, uh, I entered into um, about three days of of chaos. And I didn't sleep Uh, for that whole three-day period. I may have slept for two hours, which uh, it was... (laughs) staggeringly alarming i I don't survive without sleep at the best of time i have a nap at 2 30 every afternoon pretty much Um, i watched my body battery on my garmin watch go into the negatives for the first time ever Uh, I, i went deep and it was incredibly alarming because here i am thinking i've done it all i'm ready to go and yet in that moment i i got thwarted my unconscious went um yeah no you're not ready for this game you are you are naive you're about to go play with the big boys and you are not ready so no i will withdraw energy i will take away sleep i will agitate you i will get up in your face and block you now That's a different way of thinking about it straight away because I would imagine every single one of you have had experiences of internal chaos, of discord, of insomnia, of anxiety where you don't know what's going on and it feels like a part of you is your enemy and it's very disconcerting to feel like you have an internal enemy now i i know enough around my own internal processing and i would say the generalization around every single human processing by the way which i'll talk into in a moment to know that that is love that is the best of me up in my face saying permission denied you you have underestimated what is involved in the game you are about to play i uh I was reminded through this week as I've processed what was going on and, and I am out the other side of it and I'll tell you how I got there in a moment. But I was reminded of a, of a movie I watched coming home from Singapore on a way returning from Germany. I watched the Blackberry movie. If you've seen that, um, good. If you haven't, I, I'm sure most people will have a, an awareness of some of the Blackberry story where at the height of operations, I think around 2006, Maybe 2008, perhaps, was their height. They had up to 46% market share. All off the back of these two geniuses, one more so a genius, the other his best mate, but together they conceptualized a phone that was also had the ability to send emails and it was condensed enough and all encrypted, so an incredibly secure form of messaging but real-time access to the internet and emails and phone calls, and it was the first of its kind. It predated what we have as the iPhone now, so it was the first of the smartphones. Uh, and they conceptualized it, and it was boo-hooed by the phone companies and the tech companies and communication giants. Uh, but these two saw it, created it, and brought it to market. But, you know, they were tech guys. They were gamers. They didn't really understand the commercial world, and so we had a very unsuccessful launch uh, until one one of the a corporate guy kind of heard their pitch and saw how poorly they pitched it and quit his job and chased them down, and said, "Listen, you must give me half of your company and i 'll sell it for you i 'll show you how to take this to market in a way that works and uh, they balked at that amount of control and ended up negotiating a 33% stake in the company, uh, but basically gave gave him the reign. Became, he became the joint CEO and did have the smarts to play the corporate game and played it very well. And so took that phone to the big boys and sold it so successfully. Uh, sold it too successfully, by the way, because uh, one of the great dilemmas Black, BlackBerry had was they they sold too many phones for the capacity of the network to handle the technology and so uh, there was a period where blackberry had great outages and it, it created real instability for that phone and it was just before iphone came out so it also led to their demise uh, but nevertheless uh, if you look up blackberry today like they have zero market share they don't exist anymore they went out back went out the back very badly And In the process these two best best friends lost their friendship. They lost themselves. They lost a lot of money It it ended in tears and so they had no idea about the game that they were really playing They went in naive and they got burnt and so the conversation that I began to have with myself around this game was to was to heed the warning about setting up the space properly because not everyone's excited. Like the big boys aren't waiting for me to come. They haven't rolled out the red carpet. You know, they're not, they don't have my best interests at heart. <laughs> they want to make money. Uh, sure, if they could make money through me, fabulous. If I have got something of great value, if it's as valuable as I think it is, cool, that'll be good for them. But if they can get it from me for nothing and make money without me, well, they have no moral obligation to serve my agenda. So all that to say the conversation with myself around how do I play this game properly uh, you know my model and and it is the model of my book which is so important because I'm non-negotiable about smoking what I'm selling if you want permission from yourself to succeed and also play you'll have to square away trust you'll have to end neediness you'll have to be very clear about playing the right games in the right way and you will have to develop an avatar a persona capable of being a winner in the right game and so i assumed all four of those were squared away as i stepped into the new season and none of them were like i got slammed for every one of those four and it was an absolute disaster and so when i finally got some sleep back in the tank and firstly when i when i did crash and burn after three days of no sleep i crashed hard Um, But I was plagued with very unsettling dreams, all running dreams, which is the metaphor that works most in my psyche, in my experience. That running always got the best of my ambitious energy before writing did. And it was a very conscious switch that I had to make after my last marathon when, you know, I had a a meeting with myself and my unconscious like, hey, Jamin, you know, I, I know you've you know, you come second at Park Run in Goulburn sometimes, and that's really excellent, and you've, you've run a few marathons. Oh, that's that's wonderful, but um, what if you were to devote all that energy, that ambition, that desire into the business space, into the writing space? It's possible that what you're sitting on is, is world-class and you can really make a dent there. So would it be okay? You've had your fun in the running space. Could all that energy and desire go into writing? And so it was a real conscious switch to consider i've run all my pbs i'm not going to win any more races i'm not going to win townsville marathon okay i can still run and enjoy running but now the focus is writing and business and coaching so but if my unconscious is looking for a metaphor to draw on to explain some uncertainty or some stuckness then running is the go-to because it makes so much sense and i get it so plagued with dreams around running rocking up to races and missing my shoes having the wrong shorts can't find my singlet then i get lost on the course or then the course goes through some muddy dam and i've got to scramble up a bank and it's not even running and i'm not suited to it and then i pick the wrong event and then if i had to pick the other event i would have won but i picked the the different one and then some other one shows up and it's it's just this torment of looking like here i am suited to performing well in this endeavor but nothing goes right so uh it it took i didn't uh, i'm not going to lie to you and tell you that i instantly rushed to the conversation table with myself and resolved this straight away it, it took me some time and in fact it was not until last night and it wasn't easy it, in fact i i wanted to give up a few times because it was i was so smacked in the face by this and i was so shocked about the bigness of, of this and how much I'd underestimated what I'm about to step into that I considered th- thinking uh, you know I'm embarrassed I've, I've overreached who am I again am I really sitting on a, anything in value can I do this uh, I'm, ju- I'm just from Goulburn remember I'm just a guy <laughs> I live in Australia like what, what am I trying to do so some of those narratives pop their head up and it it felt easy just to go, okay, I'm just going to shrink back for a moment because this is clearly not me. Um, but last night, I, uh, I jumped in the spa and there was a great lightning show outside. Normally, Elliot and I share the spa, but he uh, has an aversion to electrical storms makes sense probably pretty wise uh he and Catherine were pleading at me to come inside so i didn't die but i was running on the theory that if you count the time between when you see the lightning and when you hear the thunder and that that number of seconds between the two is the distance from how far away the storm is and so i i thought i was safe and who knows whether i was or wasn't. the point is i got alone spa time last night and it gave me a chance to go all right i'm ready now I'm ready to listen. I'm ready for the conversation. What for? What would have to happen? You know, knowing that it's not an enemy that's resisting me, knowing that it's the best of me. It's wisdom inside me, going, Jamin, I'm committed to your success just as much as you are. I want this as much as every part of you, but your success must be safe. And currently, your setup is not safe. You're about to march headlong into disaster. And I cannot abide that. I cannot sit back and let you go blind-eyed and bushy-tailed it doesn't sound like the right saying but i can't think what the right one is blind-eyed and bushy-tailed no that, that can't be it but naive uh and step into calamity and so what would make my success safe that's the question what what conditions would have to be up, updated what would I have to do? And so to go back into each of those four conditions, which is why that model is so useful because it narrows the field of search. If you have no idea where to start, it can be a very long and drawn out conversation and it's hard to know whether you're making any progress. So um, this trust, the first thing, it was like, okay, Jamin, what, what are you sitting on? Like, Are you sitting on the most important personal development book released in the last 20 years or not? Have you done the work around embodying this or not? Have you done the work around thinking through all the complexity of whether or not we can be trusted, of understanding this model, of road testing this model? Is this a work of substance or not? Do you trust your intentions around shining and showing up around this? Are you operating with something to prove and defend or not? Are you who you say you are or not? And and I love the... uh, the binary nature of these kind of questions, and I'll um, I think it's really important to consider. So that's another thing I'll come back to. I don't really remember what the first thing I said I was going to come back to, but I got all, got a bunch of notes here. So hopefully I'll land the plane and it'll make some sense. Uh, but I have to pick a side, right? I have to go yes or no. Do I trust myself or do I not? I can't hedge my bets. I can't go, yeah, I kind of think I am sitting on something available. I kind of think I'm the guy to deliver it. I kind of think I'm ready. It's like, which one? If you, if you are unsure, you'll get hurt. So to, to pick a side. And so my confusion around the last three days, the difficulty of not sleeping, the, the pain of getting smacked, Um, there's some doubt inside maybe i'm not up for this maybe i'm not the guy um so i i went and got a beer and and then everyone else went to bed and i went back into the spa still electrical storm going on like righto, i'm not getting out of this spa until i've had this conversation and come out the other side with a clear response so trust firstly um I, to examine trust, to I had to think about the past times where I'd perhaps overpromised and underdelivered to myself, or I'd been more ambitious than I was ready for, or past mistakes, failures, disappointments. I can't can't pretend that there haven't been some painful failures. I, ha- I can't pretend that everything I've wanted has happened the way that I desired. So to examine that, to examine my motive, to, to deconstruct what I learnt, and come back to the place: do I trust myself or not? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yes, I do secondly um neediness okay neediness is dangerous so um throughout the week i was so desperate for Catherine to rescue me i was so desperate for her to be my energy i was so desperate for her to to be the one that says come on you can do it i believe in you i know what you're sitting on we've worked on this together chin up you can do it i'm all with you all the way and um one of the pain points we've had in our relationship around this book is um, she does not see what I see in terms of what's possible here. And and the first time she told me that, it was very upsetting to me and a, a great dilemma. And I, and I thought that was inappropriate for her. I thought that was less than I required. And I challenged her around that. And that was a point of pain for her because she wasn't trying to not see it. She just couldn't see the scope of the vision. And so it was very important for me to consider, hang on a minute, it's my job to see what I see. It's not hers. I cannot expect her to know fully what I'm sitting on because she's not sitting on it. It's not her thing. It's my thing. This is the thing that I've given myself to And sure, she knows me and believes in me better than anyone else. But it is not her job to put wind in my sails. That is not. It is my job. And so what do I see? Am I sure I see it? Am I deluding myself? Uh, Am I willing to be the one that references my own vision? Can I sustain my own energy? Can I be the fuel in my own fire? Can I be the wind in my own sails? Um, I I also... You you might have heard me talk about the uh, John Farnham movie, uh, Finding the Voice, or You're the Voice, or something about the voice. Not the voice referendum. You're the voice was his song. Anyway, voice something or other. Uh, In that, in John Farnham's story... He had a great mate, Glenn Wheatley, who really gave everything for John. Um, you know, went into financial debt, started his own production company to release John's music when no one else would, believed in him, backed him, supported him, served him, made sure that John succeeded when John was ready to give up on himself. And so through this week, I'm thinking, where's my Glenn? Where's Glenn? Where's Glenn at? Where's my Wheatley? Where's my supporter where's the person who's going to back me where's the person who's going to put their own money to help me become who i need to be <laughs> and feeling like it's unfair that i don't have to have a glen that's unfair that i could do it all on my own and and the conversation with myself to say yeah it'd be nice to have a glen uh, great but what if you don't have a glen will you be needy for someone else to do this for you or or are you prepared to be your own source of inspiration encouragement your own cheer squad have you got this or not and to come back to the fact yeah glenn i know glenn anyone else can see this or not i see it i know what i see and that's enough okay then on to game all right what is the game I'm about to play? It's a ruthless game. It's a game of, of big money, of high level negotiations. And so uh, a conversation I'd had with a friend uh, around this book. Um, she said to me, oh, this is amazing, Jamin. Um, are you willing to be patient with this book? And I, I kind of fobbed it off when she asked. Like, yeah, yeah, I was. But that was the question that came back to me in that moment. Hey, Jamin, are you playing a patient game? Or are you going to be Kramer and jump at the unlimited cafe latte offer the moment it's offered? Uh, Seinfeld fans will get that reference. But are you going to just, the first person who looks at you with some offer, are you going to melt and take it? Or are you willing to be patient? Are you going to play the long game? Are you going to sit on this until you get the deal that's right? Because if you're not, don't play this game. You'll get hurt. You'll get spat out the back. So... To refine my game to be very very clear about what it is that i want and and what it will cost for other people to have what i've got and then the avatar the final piece right um if if i am if I am presenting a book that is the most important personal development book delivered in the last 20 years, then I, I must, I have to be Australia's best life coach. That is the only way that that book gets noticed. I can't pretend to be that guy. I can't internally think that's true. I actually have to go be that guy. I, I have to level up. All in. All in. And and so all of these four things was an invitation for wholeheartedness and every other time i've solved problems where i get stuck in my life the the theme around solving it is you you have to go all in it's it's the only when you resolve these they're all very binary options yes or no in or out which one pick a side which one's going to going to be you so um so there were there were five conditions that i had to satisfy And and i won't tell you four of them i'll share one because it's. It's slightly amusing, I think. Um, you know, Being a sports fan my whole life, I have never once gambled on a sporting game until this week, and that was one of the conditions that I go to the DAV, work out the machinery, and put real money, um, some significant money, on, on two things. So uh, <laughs> the requirement to go, put your money where your mouth is. You have ideas about who you think is going to win games. You, you pay close attention to the form, um, the energy, the story. You love sport. Put your money where your mouth is, Jay, and Have a crack. And so I, I put some money on the Panthers to win, which I considered a, a pretty safe bet. Um, not guaranteed at all. And in the end, they only just won. And then I put some some money on a, an out there bet, which was t- for, the, for the grand final to end in a draw, uh, the AFL grand final to end in a draw, which in the end, it only ended up four points away from that. And it was very close the whole game, so not as ridiculous as I, uh, you know, as you might imagine. And the payout for that would have been extraordinary, um, but nevertheless, uh, the the condition my unconscious put on me was to go be a big boy, go risk, and uh, and I love I love that I love that instruction for myself. I love the permission to play as well. Um, a conversation. Today, around flow, reminded me of the brilliant work of Mihály Csikszentmihályi on the flow model. If you're not familiar with that, his his best work is this uh, that flow is a relationship between risk and skill. So, if you consider the the x and y axis, uh, the vertical axis being uh, risk and the horizontal axis being skill, there are lots of different variations of the combination of those two things, and um, but ultimately. Uh, flow the most meaningful, effective, transcendent moments we get to have as human beings are the combination of high risk and high skill. If you're in high risk and low skill, that's arousal and anxiety because it's not sustainable. If you're in high skill and low to medium risk, that's boredom to confidence. But if you want to see magic, you got to risk it. And And if you are not putting yourself in a position where it is possible to fail, like actually possible to fail then you cannot experience flow and i love that i love the nature of the game being okay combined skill with risk so if you just have a crack around something you got no idea about you talk a big game and you back yourself to the hilt well sure you might get lucky likely you won't um But if you're going to pick the thing that you've devoted your life to and then up the risk level and go all in on that, okay, brilliant. Then the likelihood of you experiencing flow uh, increases exponentially. So, um, you know, one of the key reasons why I'm telling you this is because... If you followed my journey from the start, I, I've been non-negotiable about wearing my heart on my sleeve. I I must let you watch me do this poorly. I must demonstrate the effectiveness of these ideas through the outworking and the embodiment of my own experience, even when I do it poorly, even when it's messy. And you could not ever mistake me for, a, for for a perfectionist. I'll put out stuff before it's ready. I'll make mistakes. I'll uh, uh, you know there'll there'll be. Errors in my work, um, spelling mistakes, stuff that doesn't quite work with the website, but uh, but it's out there and it's wholehearted, and I, I consider wholehearted wholeheartedness being one of the most uh, essential parts to success as a human being. Um, I, I've had a couple of clients this week in very difficult parts of their coaching journey, and uh, I am I am such a difficult coach for them in those moments because everything they would love for me to say is oh it's okay you know this is hard and it takes time and you know you're, you're okay and just little by little and uh, work your way through this and acknowledge the progress you've made except all i do tell them is to say you'll get burnt if you be if you hedge your bets here If you do not go all in, if you dick around here, if you confuse yourself, if you do not pick a side, like you are resolving existential angst based on an accusation you made about yourself when you were a child, if you do not go back and fully examine all the parts of your psyche where that accusation still takes hold and completely, thoroughly denounce it and guarantee that you will never accuse yourself of that again and show yourself trustworthy that you can be the lover, not the betrayer, then you will get hurt and you will so confuse yourself and create such turmoil that it will create massive instability. Uh, uh, I was reminded of a passage in the Bible, James chapter 1, you know, make of this what you will. I don't need to put caveats on it in terms of your application. This is what you even think of the Bible, um, what I think of the Bible. But listen to this, right? Consider it great joy, my brethren, whenever you experience various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. But endurance must do its complete work, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and without criticizing, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything. An indecisive man is unstable in all his ways. So, uh, both clients who who were struggling this week, that's the feedback they got from me the double the double-minded person is in great in great trouble you, you will get hurt all in and both these clients you know they it takes their breath away both of them like it's too fucking hard I, I i can't do this i can't be there for me I, I can't examine these pockets of shame i can't sustain my own fuel i i it's too big, it's too hard, it's too overwhelming. I'm stuck. And it's it's such a difficult but important conversation to have and the only way I can have it is, well there's there's two there's two ways. Number one, get help from someone who does not care about you. So I thought you said you wanted, to resolve insecurity i thought you said you wanted to repair the relationship with yourself i don't care my i don't need you to have a great relationship with yourself i don't need you to fix this i thought you said that's what you wanted yes it is too fucking hard yes it is impossible that's the nature of the hero's journey the hero always must do something that's impossible completely impossible not just theoretically impossible practically impossible and yet they decide they want to do it anyway the hero in every hero story is faced with this alarming dilemma they find themselves in this period where they cannot return home their only two options are they either die or they come out the other side reborn by like both like that's a horrible place to find yourself and yet that's why it's a hero's journey when you watch a hero face with that dilemma and they and they step forward and they surrender to that they go all in in that moment. They don't retreat because it's still possible to retreat and die. So yeah, the only way I can say that is dispassionately is to be an objective person, to not be invested. And it's also the second thing is to embody it. It's to smoke what I'm selling, is to be the embodiment of my own message, is to have gone first, is to know the way experientially, not as a theory, not as some abstract academic idea, but to be able to hold a space because I watch... Coaches let clients off the hook in the exact same space they let themselves off the hook. So there is no integrity. If I'm demanding wholeheartedness from clients and there are pockets of half-heartedness myself, that reeks of of no integrity. That's a horrible thing to do to someone. That's very unkind. That is cruel. And so to hold a space and watch clients suffer and yet know that the suffering is worth it because I've watched my, my own suffering and held the clean space... And come out the other side, and so I know it's worth it. I know it's always worth it. I have never once regretted listening to myself in the history of my life, and I never will regret listening. I had a conversation with a friend this week, and uh, I'm I'm not I'm not judging. I'm I'm just reflecting what it seemed to happen to him. I've I've watched, you know, a, a lovely, a really a really genuine soul, um, a different character who zigs when others zags doesn't go with the flow marches to the beat of his own drum but the cost of being his own person socially has been very dramatic and i haven't seen him in some time and uh, he was telling me he's kind of checked out he's, he's kind of been a recluse he's he stopped doing a whole bunch of things and found uh, a safe and comfortable place where there is no turmoil and okay um, that is an option for heroes um, but the whole world misses out we will never get his gift. We will never see who he really is. We will never benefit. Uh, his light goes back under a bushel and we all miss out. And that's the high stakes nature of the human experience. And the tragedy, I would say, the tragedy of what goes undelivered. <laughs> but when someone, against all the odds, leans in, does the impossible, picks a path, decides they will not be double-minded decides that they will be the lover they will be the acceptor they will examine the depths of their own shame their own guilt their own anxiety their own embarrassment all the way back to the beginning and they do come outside having resolved those at their current level of growth you heard me talk about the next level of growth and these things show up again the same process that got you free last time gets you free the next time Um, but uh, there is no other way than being wholehearted so um you know, when I think about the conversation I have with myself, marriage is the metaphor. So uh, you you might feel like, how in the world do you resolve it? How do you have a meeting with yourself? You sit in the spa with a beer and you come out half an hour later with lightning and thunder and you come out and you're all good. Like, what does that even mean? How, do, how would I even do that? Um, the only reason I would tell you that is I that is not a special or unique thing. I am, I am not superhuman. I haven't got some uh, supernatural connection going on there, what I've lent into is the fact that uh, there is a part of me that is desperate to communicate wisdom. And there is a part of every single person who wants the same and is communicating. I promise you, when you step into areas of of life that are not safe there is a warning light that comes on loud and hard there is physical signals every time you put yourself in jeopardy every time you are in danger because you have not rebuilt trust because you are needy because you're playing the wrong games and you're showing up as the wrong person but most people have never stopped to listen to that they don't know how to listen they feel like listening is too costly and so those signals go suppressed those signals go ignored But they're there. They're there as strong as they've always been. And if you're willing to listen, if you can understand the value of listening. And and I I love thinking about the fact that marriage is the metaphor. So the ability to listen to Catherine is exactly the same as the ability to listen to myself. And uh, the ability to actually resolve a situation with Catherine is exactly the same as the ability to actually resolve uh, uh, an issue with myself. To come back to a completely clean space in our in our house if you hurt the other person you the onus is on you to fix it so you might say like you know hang on i might say if i've upset Catherine, um all right i'm sorry yeah okay i go it i'm really sorry for hurting you i won't do it again all right let's move on and she'll go yeah i mean i hear the apology thank you but i'm nervous i'm wary i don't that's not a believable plan. Like, I don't feel understood. The space is not clean. I I want this to be resolved because I hate fighting with you. But it's not. And and there's stuff between us. And so more conversations. And I can get frustrated because I have apologized. What do you want from me? I do mean I am sincere. Too bad. The onus is on me to fix it. And so more conversations and more conversations and more conversations until I've understood her, until I've made her feel safe again, until she believes my believable plan. Until I've I've fully thought through all my part in this mess, until the space is clean. And you can tell with precision whether the space is clean or not in your relationships and with yourself. That is entirely pragmatic, entirely testable. And so the game I play in my marriage is clean space or nothing. I am not willing to have a polluted space with my wife. I'm not. I cannot live like that. I cannot descend into an arrangement because stuff gets too hard. And so there's been some long and painful conversations and all kinds of difficult areas of growth, but always worth it. Uh, I think the same with myself. I am not willing to live with a polluted space. I am not willing to mistrust myself. I am not willing to not know who I am. I am not willing to have... Pockets of of embarrassment and shame that are untouchable that I just have to suppress and put in the shadow I am NOT willing and so I I am committed to cleaning the space to Upgrading my operating system to building a high quality loving relationship with myself no matter what the cost And I love the fact that just like Catherine has a very clear way of telling me when things are not great So does my own self i know when things are not great and i can get my attention so i love the instant real-time tell when things aren't ideal and no matter how hard it is, and no matter how much suffering I went through this week, I'm so grateful for the ability to have a conversation with myself and come out the other side because I'm ready now. I'm ready to go play the game. I'm ready to go win the game. And, and now that everybody wins, right? Because if it is true that I'm sitting on the most important personal development book the world has seen in the last 20 years, then that's very important that I deliver it properly and it, it reaches the full potential of what it's capable of. So everybody wins if I'm in a good space with myself. Whew. um I don't what, what day is it? What time is it? I went deep there for a bit. Thanks for listening. Um, yep, you can get out of your car now. You can stop walking. You can end the coffee. You can go back to your life. Uh, and I'll talk to you again soon and I'll I'll share some of these coaching sessions with you and um yeah look I, I do believe in you and i am cheering you on even though i don't need to and i i love i love getting to talk to you about this stuff this stuff each week and what a joy it is to be human what a joy it is to get to play this game <laughs> ah yeah all right Rivadachi.